Hi, and welcome to our podcast. Please excuse any audio delays you may experience while listening to this podcast. We are living in a developing country, and this is just part and parcel of what happens when living in paradise. Thanks. Hi, I'm Miranda Hale from Canada. And I'm Michelle Curtis from South Africa. And this is the Wanderlust Woman podcast, where two expat moms from different countries discuss living abroad with their families and all the joy and struggles that comes with it. Join us for weekly podcasts where we discuss topics with our fellow wandering women and their fascination with embracing the foreign world around them. On this episode, we discuss raising third culture kids and how living abroad forms a new identity for a child. And what does it actually mean to be from everywhere and nowhere at once? So a cross-cultural kid or third culture kid is a person who is living or has lived in two or more cultural environments for a significant period of time, the first 18 years of their life. The third culture to which the term refers is the mixed identity that a child assumes. It's influenced by both the parent's culture and the culture in which they were raised, thus creating the third culture. Now, Michelle, you're from a culturally diverse family. You have family in New Zealand, England, Switzerland, all originally from South Africa. Yeah, and my dad is Portuguese and my mom's South African. So we have, it's pretty much the rainbow nation. And it's funny saying that because we're from South Africa, which is the rainbow nation. So in terms of different cultures that we've embraced, my children have lived in three different countries. They were born in South Africa. That's their birth country. They lived in Zambia and they've lived in Panama. So they've lived in three different countries. So they are true third culture children. How about I'd your kids? Even though you are over the age of 18, I mean, you I could never tell, but <laughs> I, I know you're over the age of 18. You yourself are a third culture child being your dad is Portuguese, your mom is South African, and now you are living in Panama. So you grew up embracing the culture of your dad being Portuguese, your mom being South Africa, and now you're bringing that third culture of Panama into your life right now as well. So that's quite interesting. But you're over 18, so we're just going to skip right over you and go back to your children who have lived <laughs> in three different places. <laughs> my, my children, so <clears throat> Julian, who's 10, we moved from Canada when he was five. So if I were to ask him, Julian, where is where were you born? He will say, I was born in Canada. But if I ask him, where is home? He will say Panama. Because it's all he's known since he was five. And right now, this is our home is Panama. Now, if I ask my daughter, who is six, she was only 15 months old when we moved from Canada, Canada to Panama. If I say, where were you born? She says, I don't I don't know where I'm from. <laughs> She'll just say to me. But to her, home is wherever we live. So yeah. how about your kids? If you ask them, where where's home for them? So I, I spent the morning interviewing my niece and nephew in England. My nephew is 20 and my niece is 18. And then I interviewed my children as well. And my children are 14 and 11. The answers to those particular questions were quite diverse because my nephew 
his answer was where is home and his answer to the question where is home was wherever my family is and I thought that was quite beautiful because home is where the heart is you know that old saying exactly Uh, and home isn't necessarily a destination on a map but home can be anywhere your your family is exactly Exactly like your nephew said yeah um, and then my children and my niece and my niece both said that home is the current country that they are living in. So that would be Panama. Where they are from, they all agreed it was South Africa because that's where they were born. But where they, their heart belongs, my nephew said Switzerland, my niece said England, and my children said Zambia. So it was quite diverse in all the different answers as to where you feel like you belong and where you actually come from mm-hmm. so and that's that's i think embracing the the culture because as a third culture kid you also you take on many different cultures many different aspects of the places you live in you take on the languages you take on the different kinds of foods it, it's not just about the country you're living in, it's about who you are becoming Mm-hmm. The formalities, the manners, the celebrations. The, the adaptation at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. So I was doing some research on the highs and lows of being third culture children. And I think you and like, as I was reading them, I was like, all these, you know, light bulbs are going off in my head. I'm like, yep, that makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. And it's totally relatable in what I see in my children right now. So. A few of them are, you know, feeling off balance in your own culture. And I can relate with that being that when we go back to North America to visit, you almost have this instant culture shock being back in a country that is similar to the one that you are from. So we're from Canada, but when we visit US, North America, very similar, but there's little things that are are different, you know, realizing how much traffic there is from you know 5 a.m until 11 o'clock p.m because it's like everyone is just in such a hurry to stand in line to either go to work to make money or to spend their money so that was a big adaptation for us is being immersed back in with our own culture another thing is social and communication challenges you and i have spoke on past episodes where you know my son especially he has a hard time with being able to just go to a playground and play with kids because there's that communication barrier with the languages he says you know i'm I'm like why don't you go play with those kids he's like yeah but they they speak spanish and that has created some social and communication challenges for him with just being a kid and wanting to play with other kids and that was a common trait that came up with all the kids in my family that I interviewed was the, the language barrier in terms of the miscommunication or the misconception of a conversation. So when you come into a new country and you, you make friends, which is very difficult um, in the beginning because you're always the new kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, so you're making friends and then when they're sitting in their group and they've been friends for five six years you the newbie and then they say oh remember when we did this but no Mm -hmm. you don't because you weren't there so it's also that sense of loyalty it's that sense of acceptance it's that sense of um, growing with the group and then when you do grow with the group nine times out of ten you're leaving again 
Oh, you you are so right. Like it's almost like they have many friends everywhere, but also、mm. like they have too many friends, but not one great connection to one. Group, so it's almost like they're social chameleons. So Julian will, you know, make these connections with kids, but it's almost like they have a quick release response where they know they may be saying goodbye to this kid and kid in six months or a year. And Julian will be playing video games, much like Lucian. I'll say, "Who are you playing with?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm playing with so and so in Florida, so and so in Finland, so and so in Panama, and so and so from Canada." And I'm like. That's so cool. He has so many friends everywhere, but at the same time, I can't say he has that one really close friend or group group of friends here in Panama because they just, you know, they come and go. Sometimes I think it's a good thing because they they don't suffer from attachment. So there's that、mm-hmm. non-attachment that's already、uh, instilled in them as they grow. But then,、mm-hmm. you know, like we when we grew up, we all grew up in the same town. We went to the same school. We there was a form of community, and I find as a parent, and my nephew said the same thing. He misses community. He misses he misses the school where he knows somebody that went to school with somebody else or lived in the same town as this one, or even if they meet somebody who comes into South Africa, who comes from South Africa or Switzerland or whatever, and moves into their school. It's exciting because it's almost a familiar,、mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I know that town, or I remember the the shop down the road, or the bakery, and you know, it's it's. I know from living in many countries is the the familiar, and when somebody、mm-hmm. comes in, especially like being in the mining community, when somebody comes from the other mine to live here where we live.、Mm-hmm. Um, I get excited because, and I always call them familiars because it's like somebody that knows something that I know about my given country. You know? Yeah, we already have something to talk about.、Yeah. Do you also find that it's a loaded question when someone says, "Oh, where are you from?" It's、yeah. you know you can sit there and you're like, "Well,、um, you know." My two children were born in Canada, but then my third child was born in America. But then we've been living in Panama for the past three years. But now we're living here, and and they just almost lose interest. <laughs> and they're just like, that. That's not what I'm asking you. Basically, I'm, you know, they're just trying to make niceties. Yeah, which, exactly. Which, you know, which leads me to also talk about how don't you find that living this third culture life. You almost skip through the formalities and you get right to the root of the person. Like we don't so much, you know, care about your past or what your favorite color is. We want to know you as a person because you are immediately connected to these people that are living the same lifestyle that you're living. So you skip past all those little formalities and all the fluff, and you get right down to who you are as a person, and you know who you click with right away. Absolutely, but.、Uh... It, it's you miss the you miss the nitty gritties because you know that you're only going to have that person for a certain amount of time and then they're going to be gone anyway. I don't know.、Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like in a nutshell, and an instant family. But、yeah. that also, I think, makes our children more conf. They have more confidence in change because things do change for them. So、Absolutely. often, or third culture children, they do need to adapt to things that change, and also, I feel like our children are also familiar 
with handling misunderstandings as well because they do right now live in a culture that speaks a different language so there are times where we need to learn how to communicate with hand gestures or eye gestures or you know you want you want to buy something and you figure out how to say you know however many you want of something and you just hope you have enough money in your pocket to pay for it <laughs> but you know and um, there were a lot of things that I I found very interesting when I, I interviewed the kids this morning I asked them one of the question what is your fear about the lifestyle that we live and my son who's 14 he said <laughs> his fear is that we are stuck in a country that he doesn't want to live in for the rest of his life he he's quite used to change so he's quite used to okay we're here for five years where are we going next because i like that country i don't like this country but i'm looking forward to what's next um both my kids said they were they're worried about dying in a foreign country which i found a little bit um dark but i must be honest i think that's my fear as well uh, it's it's the fear of living this lifestyle and then not having family around because it's it's so unpredictable when you're moving around so much you know right so so what 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 do they mean by that do they mean like living here forever until they die or do they mean they have a fear of going through a trauma so far away from their quote unquote home country i think a trauma yeah okay yeah no good my kids have made it quite clear that this is not home and they're not living here until they die and um we're just passing through here and it's you know that's saying you meet people and places you go to places for a reason a season and a lifetime this is we came here for a reason it's definitely it's been a long season but it's definitely not a lifetime i can tell you mm-hmm. um and then my niece and my nephew um their pros and cons just in terms of uh fears it's not their not their pros and cons their fears was um sorry okay. oh oh there sorry of not being accepted when you move into a new place and um, they were worried that you know you you're not a local so everybody is already you're always the new kid at school so it's it's going into a group of kids and you're not accepted because you're not from there you don't carry the the culture that they have you carry diverse cultures you almost become a threat because you speak three different languages already where they maybe only speak one um mm-hmm. you're not part of the community and you you will always be the outsider until you become the insider does right. that make sense yes mm-hmm. yeah so i found that quite interesting because that came from all of them mm-hmm. yeah that is interesting and are all are they older like college college age or my nephew's in college he's 20 my niece is in her last year of school she's 18 they're both in england Um so they've done school South Africa, they've done school Switzerland and they've done school in England. My kids are 11 and 14. They've only done school in Zambia and in Panama and then nursery when they were in South Africa. 
Right. And I think right now our children, you know, they have that protective bub- bubble of, of being at, at home with us and us making our decisions for them. This is the school you go to. You know, this is part of the culture we're going to embrace. This is the part of our home culture that we're going to keep alive in this household. I think it's when the children go off to college, which will most likely be out of our current country that we as parents have chosen as their adoptive country but i'm hoping that once they reach college because you know colleges accept such multicultural people that they won't be the the odd men out like i'm sure if they end up going to let's say a college in america there's going to be quite a few americans there that'll be from out of state you know they may be one of the few children that come from another country but I'm hoping that, you know, going into college, there'll be many other children that also have other experiences being third culture kids. And hopefully they can answer that question for themselves. You know, where are you from? That that loaded question. And, you know, I don't think third culture kids is actually as rare as what we think it is. It's just not something that's not really spoken about. When I Googled third culture kids, a lot of it came about, um, a lot of the blogs were children in ministries because they move around with the ministry. Um, mm-hmm. A third culture child is not just a child that moves around with the ministry. A third culture child is, as you said, they do not live within the culture of their parents. Well, mm-hmm. the country. Also military families. Military yeah, families. People that mm-hmm, exactly. move around for work. Yeah. Mining families. Um, Bankers, you know, um, their children move around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There's tons of different scopes of third culture children. And if you Google it, it's quite interesting how a third culture child has the world at their hands, but then also the world, how can I say it? It's the, the world is in their hands, but the world is not within their hands like they can speak different languages they've traveled all over the world they just don't have the the grounding Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah they don't have the roots you know instead instead of being a tree planted with the roots that have been you know matured they're a potted plant (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know you, you get used to what what you take with you and and you know and and what what you choose to hang on from your culture too like luckily you know we're Canadian and Canada's already home to a very diverse and multi- multicultural society um, you know much like Panama that already has strong influences by the U.S. because of the build of the Panama Canal so I do find living in Panama the children do have some similarities with um, you know being a- amongst other cultures also that Panama has adopted you know, some things from the U.S. culture as well being more industrialized than possibly other developing countries. But there's things in Panama that we choose to embrace, like our children celebrating the national holidays here, the language here, as well as the, you know, the national cuisines and eating at the local restaurants. But there's other things that are different than living in in Canada. It's not... It's not common example in Canada to have, you know, a cleaning person, um, a nanny or a staff as we're in Panama. That is something that is common here. So I think for our children, when they if and when they do decide to immerse themselves back into a North American culture, that will be different for them 
as well as we're South Africa, you guys are used to having nannies and and housekeepers and staff, right? Yeah, it's the norm. It's it's it has it has to be done. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, now, be, yeah, now being in Panama, I mean, I'm like, I, I don't know how how we could do without. But it's just it's just different cultures. Same with like you know the formalities or manners or or discreetness just in daily you know interactions with panamanians versus canadians as well like canadians you know we're known as the polite country where if someone if you know someone bumps into us we apologize to them we're also you know more reserved and we kind of mind our p's and q's as where i find with panama you know if you've gained a few pounds someone's going to say to you yo you're getting fat <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely you know it's it yeah i just i wanted to just touch base on and we spoke about this earlier not earlier just between ourselves was the five stages of culture shock mm-hmm. um, it was quite interesting and as a parent i could relate a lot to this because the first stage of a typical culture shock was your honeymoon stage mm-hmm. so yay we're going to panama or yay we're moving to a different country so exciting then you get into that country and it becomes hostility and irritability because you don't know your way around you don't know the rules the regulations you have you need to make friends so you become a bit hostile yeah. and irritable. yeah you go from you're in love with the food and the people yeah. and then all of a sudden the day-to-day things are different than you expect and it doesn't make logical sense to your foreign developed mind like wait why would anyone do it this way that's a strange concept <laughs> absolutely and then you gradually adjust and you start fitting in and accepting and you know finding becomes... ways to cope with the language day-to-day tasks yeah. <laughs> you you make it work you know mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. You, adaptation would be the fourth one so you're adapting now you're becoming a local you're learning the language you learning all the the cuss words i mean i, so I think it's the first thing that a tck learns is all the cuss words in all the different languages, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, you find a way to settle in and you create a routine around yourself and you really find your people, you know, your group of people that make you feel comfortable. Yeah, you know, you, you find your tribe. And then mm-hmm. when you re re-entry and travel shock, um for me this one was a an odd one in terms of do they mean re-entry and travel shock as you go back home and you re-entering mm-hmm. your country? Yeah, so you spend so much of your time in a certain culture that readapting to another culture can be difficult at first okay. and you may notice things that you never did before. Much like I spoke about before where, you know, we go back to North America for, after being in Panama for a long stretch and we notice things that we'd never noticed before like you know do people really just sit in their cars all day to drive to work and then sit in their cars all day to go to the mall and stand in line to spend their money you know little things like that or i remember first getting to back to america and watching tv and a commercial kept coming on about checking your credit score it scored had like a jingle you know like 1-800 check your credit score and julian also looked at me one day is like mom have you found you know 1-800 credit score and i was like what are you talking about he said you know the commercial to check your credit because we weren't used to being you know these advertisements being forced down our throat and i was like was it always like this and it's true we were always bombarded by these commercial advertisements in north america and readapting into it you definitely notice things that you did not notice before 
My kids mentioned um, all, all four of my kids that I interviewed mentioned that out of this particular lifestyle, if there was anything they could change, was nothing to be quite honest. Just family. They would love family to be closer, but they love the freedom. They love the fact that they um, are so adaptable to um, moving around, to traveling. They know exactly which airport is the best airport, um, which is the best restaurants and the best place to go and sit in whichever airport. Because we do, as a, T, a TCK, they get a great opportunity to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and my kids are, have been to 11 different countries. Um, and then my niece and my nephew, they've also, they've had the opportunity to be to equal amounts of countries. And it's because that we all, we, we have this sense of wonder. We have this sense of just, okay, we're here, but you know what? We don't have to be here. We can just go look over there because we want to adapt, uh, not adapt. We want to experience all the different mm-hmm. kinds of, yeah, what life has to yeah. offer. Do- do you find that your children often think back to their, um, you know, their their born country or where they consider where they're from, and it's almost like, you know, they only see the glass half full. Like for example, my kids, they're always Julian's always saying how he wants to to go back to Canada, and I I, I miss the snow, and I want to go back to this house in Canada, and I miss seeing, you know, my cousins and my grandparents all the time, and and I have to remind him that, you know, Julian, I know that you like to look at the snow, but we went to Toronto, which isn't even as cold as the province that we're from. There was a little bit of snow on the ground, and the kids were freezing, and they wanted to come back to Panama. So, and like, you know, they remember from their childhood playing in the snow, coming in and drinking hot cocoa while we're out there shoveling the <laughs> the walkway and cleaning up all the snow that's all over the front entrance and I also have to remind them that you know yes you used to see your grandparents and and cousins more but you would see them a couple times a year on birthdays and holidays and now think about last year when Nana came to Panama and she stayed with us for six weeks and you got to see her every day and you you know got to play with her on the ocean and you got to show her your school and your Panamanian friends and all the new experiences and they're like oh yeah you're right it's so easy to remember all the all the good things and not remember why we're in the country that we chose to be in let's be honest we're in the country we chose to be in for me because we're here to make money I'm I'm not here to live I'm yeah you know it's a great experience but uh, no it's not my choice yeah and for us yeah and for us because we we chose Panama just as somewhere to live without any you know prospects when we first got here there was a lot of parent guilt as well of you know we're taking them away from everything they've known and much like how you said your son said you know mom I don't want to I don't want to live here forever we thought to ourselves are we enforcing our children into this country where they're are they going to have to stay here and and marry someone in this culture are they going to grow up maybe speaking broken English because they're not immersed in the English vocabulary as much in in this country as well as you know there's differences in the way you know police officers are here um you know there's safety differences there's things you think about for your children that that are that are changing for them by your own choice so there's there's definitely that which comes back to keeping 
their home culture alive as well and realizing that even though this is where we physically are living where we're from or where home is 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 how we choose to make it in these four walls absolutely yeah yeah couldn't say that even couldn't say that better mhm Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode about third culture children. Please rate, review and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please also, you know, give us a shout on Instagram. Our Instagram is Wanderlust Woman Podcast. You can comment on this episode or you can ask questions regarding this episode as well.